Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Krista and Lindsay. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We have a live audience. <laughs> My cat, Fuji. <laughs> My cat, Fuji, is in the building, sitting directly in front of us, watching intently. Watching intently. She blesses the space. She, she comes in space. when interviews are going too long and she says, we are done now. Yes. Literally on calls, she'll like walk in front of the camera. <laughs> it's very, I don't know if you guys, but animals are so different. They're I know. like, especially cats. I feel like cats are otherworldly. Yes. But also know? it's, you know, siblings. It's like you and your siblings are so different. Me and my sister mm-hmm. are so different. Our cats are from the same litter. We have two and they're so different. Yes. How has that happened? I feel like I haven't seen Oog at all. I know. Oogie <laughs> hides. She's very like shy. Does she sleep with you? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Did it take her time to warm up to you guys or mm-hmm. no? Okay. It took a little bit. Yeah, she was always shy, but Fuji has never been. Never shy. Never been shy, which is so interesting. But I think messaging with animal lovers in my DMs is like my favorite thing. I know. Dude, it's when like, people send pictures of them listening to the show with the dog, yes. dog or cat, like laying on them, or they're listening on a walk, and the dog—I don't know—it's just like so camp, sweet. And a lot of our member work workshops, you'll always have the animals in screen. It's very interesting whenever you're doing healing work or anything like that. I've also had healers say that they're like, whenever we're doing healing work, animals are always mm-hmm. around. Anytime I would go see Milana, Aria would be close by and she, Milana would always say, she's like, oh, she's here for the healing. She'll be a part of this. Oh, bless. (laughs) Um, If you're new to Almost 30, welcome. My name is Krista and this is Lindsay and we're two best friends. We're over 30, but we talk about health, wellness, spirituality, sometimes entrepreneurship. And we just like to bring really real, authentic conversations where the sole intention is just to be curious, to learn, and help support you in your evolution. Yeah, and it's been uh, really fun. Our membership is hot and popping. We just recently had enrollment. And so it's been really beautiful to see you all in there, just like very down and ready. Mm-hmm. To just do the work, connect with one another and have a lot of fun. You know, I feel like this is also a season. I feel like sometimes we can enter into spaces and be like, okay, this is my time to do the work. Yeah. And we forget that like part of the healing and part of the purpose is actually to have a lot of fun. So um, that's what we've been doing, just having a lot of fun in the membership. So welcome to all of our members. Welcome members. We love you so much. Yeah, this this batch isn't fresh. Yes. Excited. And that was my intention. You know, I was thinking about that the last week of membership, just really having people in that take responsibility for their own healing and their own work. And someone we we were talking to kind of gave us that confirmation. But when you do things like this, you have to remember that it isn't your responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like with the membership, we're shouldering every single person we create the space for every person and we set the tone, but we're not responsible for, you know, the work, how much or how little people get out of it. And it's been Mm -hmm. really powerful because so many of them like are just confident in themselves and willing and understanding of what they want to do and how they want to leverage the support. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's been like a, we've been on a learning curve of that from the beginning where it's like understanding that like, our healing is our responsibility. And then like just in general, things are our responsibility. And then translating that um, as public, quote, public figures, you know, and and leading a community. 
Yeah, it's just been a learning process, but I think we're at a place now where I think just the way that we show up and the way everyone shows up inspires one another to take that responsibility, Mm -hmm. but also find the right moments to really kind of like lean on and into one another. And we were talking to, or I was talking to Milana Snow the other day, just about the importance of healing in community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it sounds like, oh yeah, duh, like healing in community. I hear that. I agree with that. But there's something to witnessing other people's healing and process that is so beautiful and heart opening Mm -hmm. and like activating and also just kind of puts more fuel in the tank for your own work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking about when you're talking, I'm like, you know, I'm wondering if healing and community outside of the membership that we provide feels accessible for people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, how many, and I think it doesn't need to be as far as we go. For sure. Where we're doing all of these wild things with people and community whether it's in the membership or with our friends or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like when we had that event the other night with Amanda from House mm-hmm. of Wives, it was like our the the sex event. You know, there was someone there that had only been to influencer and content creator events. And I think I mentioned this story in the podcast, but, and so she came in by herself and she was a little bit nervous. She's like, oh, I, you know, usually it doesn't feel super comfortable or welcome. And I think it was healing for her, you know, the word healing with like the more open definition for her to just have people say hi to her and talk to her at Mm -hmm. an event. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, I think for people, when we think about healing, it doesn't need to be in the way of like sitting in a circle, talking about our trauma, going through the process, holding space. It can be way more fun. It can be way more light. It can be way more simple. It can be having a conversation where someone's really listening to you. Yeah. And someone really cares about what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be finally feeling comfortable to talk about something you haven't talked about. Yes. It can be, you know, at our sex event, asking a question about sex in a small group that makes you uncomfortable to ask, Mm -hmm. but you know you want the answer to it. So just wanting to make it more accessible for people that when we talk about this, it can be a little bit smaller and we can find healing in small moments. Absolutely. Yeah, I was so surprised at the event. I was like, wow, people are just, I, I don't know. I feel like you said it, but like years ago, I don't know if we and others would have been comfortable to just mm-hmm. go there and ask those questions. I mean, we were talking about anal. We were talking about <laughs> squirting. <laughs> squirting. Yo. <laughs> but you know, Justin's in a, like in a way that was like science-based, psychological. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? Science-based squirting. <laughs> but it was. <sighs> it was crazy. I was it like, was crazy. Huh. Like, but also us just kind of like squirming right now. I'm like, you know, it's not something we all talk about, but like literally could be. Mm -hmm. We'd be huge. (laughs) Should be our new thing. We would be, call her dad. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Six years ago, that's kind of what we were doing. Uh, Yeah, Justin, before we went to the event, he's like, he's like, do you ever have events that aren't about sex? And I'm like, damn, we do have a lot of sex events. (laughs) Just tends to happen that way. But it was, I was reminded of what the space we can create is like yeah. where people feel really comfortable to ask the questions about certain things. And sex can be something where people don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable and that's normal. Totally. You know? And I thought it was such a special crew. I mean, we're in, you know, it was middle of, it's middle of summer and mm-hmm. I feel like people are away and like we really were able to bring people together that I feel like just added so much to the experience and they were able to meet one another and so many of them like hadn't overlapped mm-hmm. and met. So I just thought that was really... 
powerful. Mm-hmm, me too. Yeah, it was it was so good at the end. So they have this like cheesecake. They're like, oh, this is cheesecake. Oh, it- here she goes, the vegan. <laughs> no. Oh, yes. <laughs> so they're like, oh, cheesecake. And they're like, oh, fuck, we didn't eat the cheesecake at the end of the night. I'm like, I'll try it. And I like uh, put my little fork in it and it was actual cheese. Yes. Dude, puke. <laughs> that is so fucking gross. All night I was like, ugh. <laughs> but even so, like eating cheese in that um, type of amount, it's uh, not a cake. Well, it was, it was supposed to be like something that you, you know, slice for like a cracker or something. But Ew. it was like supposed to look like little cake. Boo. Hey guys, we welcome cheese lovers boo. here. Just so you know. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> I just like things to be, say what say what you are. What? Say what you are. Oh, say what you are, cake. You're cheese. <laughs> You're not a cake. <laughs> but you were going to eat a cheesecake. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm vegan, but except for dessert. That's what I say. I'm vegan except for dessert. <laughs> I, 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 open, oh. I open up my heart and my mind for dessert. So, <laughs> As you should. Uh, but yeah, it was amazing. And Amanda, we were just kind of at the beginning of this episode, like complimenting her on the event skills we really mm-hmm. appreciate. But she's just, I loved this conversation because we were able to just touch on like the multidimensionality of who she is, which I think every woman has and possesses. And we're able to talk about everything from her divorce to um, sex, to entrepreneurship, to, you know, her religious upbringing, you know, just mm-hmm. really ran around the whole spectrum of who she was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't know, so House of Wise, the company that Amanda founded, we have invested in and we work with. And the reason why we work with Amanda is because their mission is so aligned to ours. They're all about community. They're all about empowering women in a way that doesn't feel like the marketing empowering women. It like really is to support them in feeling more in their body, feeling less stress, having better sex, having better sleep, which are foundations for like a good life in a lot of different ways. And I swear by their products. I've taken so many CBD. I think when CBD really became popular, I I can't even tell you how many boxes I got sent of CBD, like unreal amounts. And this is almost like psychedelic for me sometimes because (laughs) I'm not someone that goes by any portion sizes or regulations. I just kind of do whatever I want and, um, and have varying results. And I swear, I feel it is, it works. Like I've never had a CBD work like the way it does. And I really love all of their products. They also have products that support their last prisoner project. So they do have a give back component. They grow all their CBD out of farm in Denver. That's local. Um, and all their products are just super, super high quality. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, you know, what I love about CBD is that it really helps you be in your body, you know? And I think a lot of times with anxiety that like it can kind of take you out of your body and out of the moment. And so I just love their products for that reason too, where there's a potency to them. There's also extra benefits. So in, for example, the sex gummies, there's horny goat weed. Uh, so this has been known to increase blood flow to all the right areas. Um, maca root, which we know is really, really powerful, just helps make your muscles super, super happy and it increases energy. And then ashwagandha just supports that calm focus and concentration. So all of these are incredibly thoughtfully made and I just think support 
women in all aspects of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that idea with the sex gummies or the sleep gummies or the stress gummies that it takes around 30 minutes to work. So when you take one, whether it's for sleep or sex or stress, you can use that 30 minute window as like an intentional moment. Mm-hmm. So it's take a bath, get in your body, slow down, turn off your electronics, turn off the lights, whatever the intention that you have. Because a lot of these things are embodiment focused. You can really focus on that while it's about to kick in. Yeah. And I think you mentioned this, but we are investors in House of Wise. And this is something that Krista and I, um, yeah, really just set the intention for this year Mm -hmm. that we wanted to start to invest in companies and brands and people most importantly, that we really believe in and stand by and use ourselves as we always do. Um, and so it's really exciting. I'm really like excited to see this brand grow and be a part of the growth and just the, the impact piece I think is really important and how they are marketing and mm-hmm. empowering women to use the product, but also like share mm-hmm. and they're able to make money themselves as well. It's not an MLM, but it's like an affiliate mm-hmm. type program. Basically, it's like an affiliate where it's not really, it's easier to get accepted into the program. Yeah, so you exactly. can kind of make money in that way. Yeah, with the investing, it's something that it's like not like Lindsay and I are bawling out of control and living the lives that we exactly want. And just for me personally, it's like the previous me would have thought that I had to have tons of money right now to invest. But I want to sort of work with that abundance mindset and be like, you know, even if I'm not living exactly how I want to or making as much as I want to or, or you know, almost 30 isn't making as much as I want it to. It's like I can still give or mm-hmm. I can still support other mm-hmm. people. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a crazy amount. It can be whatever amount it is. But I think with investing, that's something I want to continue to do is invest in companies that we feel aligned with because, you know, although we're not where we want to be, we do... I'm very grateful to be making the money that we do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's power to kind of keeping it moving yes. in that way, mm-hmm. you know, um, keeping that money moving. And I know it will come back in more ways than one, but really, really proud to be partnering with House of Wise. And we have a discount, of course. So you can get $20 off when you go to houseofwise.co and use the code almost. 30. Again, our recommendations are the sex gummies. We love the stress drops, mm-hmm. but all of their products are just incredible. So again, houseofwise.co and you can use our code almost 30 for $20 off. Yes, you're going to love it. And thank you so much, Amanda. Amanda so amazing. Mm-hmm. We're so glad to work with you. Um, we're so glad to work with House of Wise. And then Almost 30 Business, we have our accelerator program coming up. So podcasters and uh, future podcasters, we got you. We will be announcing that in the next week. Um, and we're really excited to support you in your business and your vision for what you want to create for a podcast. We have everything at almost30.com that you would want, whether it's Podcast Pro or information about Lindsay and I or our partners. Um, That's like our hub. And we've been really investing in the blog portion of it to really bring a lot of the insights that we glean on the podcast to written form. So you guys Mm -hmm. can share them in blog posts. And then just make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. We send discounts. We send uh, personal notes from Lindsay and I. We send really interesting and um, hopefully valuable information through our newsletter. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. And please share this episode if it resonated with you. I'm sure it will resonate with someone you care about. And we will see you on the other side. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting 
Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Chris and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash camp. (laughs) Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. I'm so excited. Last night was so much fun. and So fun. It just was, I've said it last night and I'll say it again. I don't think you understand how particular Lindsay and I are about our experiences and events that we do. And I've rarely felt like people that we've worked with get it and understand the level that we want. And that's like aesthetic. That's like music. That's vibe. That's invite list. That's making it interesting and valuable. That's making everyone feel welcome. That's, you know, the gift at the end. And you guys just totally got it. And it was like such a moment where I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like this is such a good relationship. And especially when you started speaking and you and the doctor did the interview, it was like, it was just you completely owned it. It was so helpful. Everyone felt safe. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Because I think Mm -hmm. we've felt at times like we have to carry things. And 
you know, that's, it could be true or not. You know, people could perceive that to be true or not. But I've always felt like within events, it's like, okay, we have to fucking get all this. We have to prepare all mm-hmm. this. We have to make sure everyone feels welcome. We have to, we have to overexert ourselves hundred percent and like almost overcompensate. And it was just like, we came and enjoyed ourselves and like had such a good time. Yeah. Yay. That makes me so happy. It was beautiful. Yeah. It, it was really, really beautiful. helps. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent, but I also, I just felt, and you know, we're in LA. So we, in the past have gone to a lot of events and it's an art uh, to integrate the brand story and like the intention of like why you're doing the event in a way that feels not um, salesy. Exactly. And I just, I really felt that. And I really felt like it activate people there, like activate their curiosity about like, huh. Like just even that like kind of inquiry about like their own sex life or sexual yeah. practices with themselves or... And the fact that people felt comfortable asking those questions yes. in a pretty no. large group setting made me so happy because at the core of what we're trying to do with this company is just create connection mm-hmm. and help women feel better. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we care about. And so, yes, we have products that do help, But first and foremost, you have to create a dialogue and an emotional connection. And sometimes that's with the brand. Sometimes that's with the people behind the brand, whether it's me or, you know, Dr. Kate, who was there last night, who's a sex expert, like having those conversations open up the the pathway to then the products. Mm -hmm. But first it's about like, let's learn about your needs before we try to shove a product Mm -hmm. down. And that, I mean, that's why we don't, use paid ads. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not focused on just throwing products in front of people. It's about building community, building these conversations, and then people are open to trying something, not the other way around. Yeah. And I was, there was a woman that came and I've met her maybe one time before at like a different influencer event, like content creator event, maybe a few years ago. And it was more like a fashion focused one. I think it was like hosted yeah, I guess I won't say the brand name. <laughs> I'll say the brand name. Um, and so we were there and it's just a very different experience sometimes at other events. It's like super cold. Like people are kind of competitive. It's not really warm. Like people aren't really friendly. And she left. She's like, you know, I was so scared to come alone. Like I so, mm. get so scared to come alone at these type of events because like I don't know what it's going to be like. And she's like, people kept coming up to me and saying hi. Like everyone was so nice. She's yeah. like, I felt so welcome. I'm I like, saw someone hug the bartender I know, at the end of the event. And I was like, that's when you know it's a good event. Dude, she was just, special. She was She was awesome. a cutie. <laughs> and like, people were just bonding. People yes. didn't want to leave. I know. I know. <laughs> Literally. I think I was like, like hey, post-pandemic tick, tick, tick. vibes too. <laughs> yeah. Where everyone's like, no, I don't know if I'll ever see <laughs> Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and I just feel like, just bringing back to the conversation with Dr. Kate, what I felt was this very much confident, grounded model of a conversation. I feel like you both just truly are so embodied and are so comfortable talking about sex, about our bodies, about Mm -hmm. these conversations. And so um, I really felt kind of like this permission slip for everyone there to be like, huh, oh, I could do this, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I think that's what's important about being in community because we can kind of like try on these different ways of being and approaching things. And it was just such a beautiful example. Have you always been very comfortable talking about your sexuality? So 
Yes and no. So I was raised in a Catholic house. My mom is one of 11. Oh, from Illinois, right? Yep. My town is 800 people, very conservative and grew up super religious. And so I always felt this like identity crisis of who I am at my core versus who I felt the world, my family, everyone around me wanted me to be, which was not the sexual being. And my mom and dad got married. They didn't go to college. I'm a first generation college grad. So they didn't go to college. They got married at like 18, 19. And the relationship that was modeled for me was a stay-at-home mom, Dad worked. She took care of the kids, super submissive, that heteronormative type of relationship. And so you don't really understand what your upbringing does to your subconscious decisions. So fast forward, I'm 19, get married because that's what in my, like my DNA felt like, okay, that's my marching orders. That's what I need to do. And then fast forward to I'm, you know, 32, I have three kids and I truly felt like I was not living my authentic life. It was not who I truly want to be, who I am at my core, which to answer your question, like my closest friends, they're like, you're finally living who you are. Like I am if we were to go to dinner, you would know my favorite sexual position like within probably 20 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I just love sharing about my life because every time I do, it opens up like you called it a permission slip, but someone else feels comfortable. And I think the the moment that sticks out for me where this was a turning point in that new kind of fork in the road where I was like, I'm no longer going to silence myself because of the role that I feel like I'm supposed to be playing in society or as a founder or whatever. I was at this like brunch with a bunch of people and this girl who I would say was a really close friend at the time. um, I was trying to get pregnant. I was going through fertility treatments and all of that. And I had just had a miscarriage. And so I'm at brunch and she's like, how are you doing? And you know, I was tired. I was tired of being like, oh, you know, great. Like Mm -hmm. things are great. I was like, if I'm being totally honest, I'm fucking tired. I just had a miscarriage. We've been trying to get pregnant. I'm going through fertility treatments, all this stuff. And she was like, she started getting tears in her eyes. And she was like, I had a miscarriage a couple months ago and I haven't told anyone. Mm -hmm. And she's like, and you could see like this weight lifted from like her shoulders where she was like, felt safe Mm -hmm. to talk about this. And I'm like, oh, because I went first and and said what I went through, she felt comfortable. And I've gone through a lot of stuff in my life. And every time I tweet about something or post about it, I get these DMs of people being like, I'm going through that too. Thank you so much for like opening up because now I feel a connection and now I can feel permission to talk about it. And it's just all about feeling less alone in life. And that like last night, even talking about something as like pleasurable as sex, like sex is meant to be fun and for pleasure, but yet it's it's like rooted in all this like shame and guilt and how you're feeling. And like being able to have a safe space last, like last night where you... Feel like you're in in company. Like Dr. Kate just literally makes you feel like she knows her shit. 
she is unapologetic about talking about whatever it is and it's rooted in science and psychology. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can just talk about this like as if it's the weather. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about what, you know, what is the clitoral like stimulation mm-hmm. inside, outside, like her talking about, it. I'm like, huh, I feel safe to now ask whatever mm-hmm. question I want to ask. Yeah, I think there's so much of that with vulnerability and authenticity. It's like when it's true, people feel the permission. Mm-hmm. But when it's inauthentic and people are sharing for this sheer sake of, for anything other than the truth of what's happening, yeah, people don't feel safe. So I do think that there's a fine line where there can be sharing of trauma or experience and it's actually not what's exactly true energetically in that moment. Mm. And the difference in when you're saying like, oh, this is actually true for me, that's when it's felt. And that's when there's like the heart opening for other people because that is when it's safe. It's like, oh, wow, we both went through this. And there's really something powerful about that synchronicity too, where we've seen in our events and I've seen a lot even in the past year, like where if I am sharing really vulnerably and authentically, it almost 90%, 95% of the time I'm met with a truth that makes me feel less alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it is yeah. like, I mean, there's something really powerful mm-hmm. about that, about that experience where people are brought to you in your life at that time. You know, as an example, Les, who was at the event last night, she's the really, really beautiful really beautiful girl. And she has um, Balanced Black Girl podcast. And, you know, we've been at events and stuff. And recently I've been going through a situation where I feel myself hiding. I hide in a lot of different ways. And it's because of mother issues. And, you know, we just randomly went on a walk and just started to share openly and vulnerably. We're both going through the same exact thing. You know, the people brought in my life are going through the same exact thing. And so it is really powerful when you bring people together in community with that. So after that moment, you know, where you have that share of miscarriage, were you still with your husband and you sort of just had that light bulb switch go off? Yeah. So we, I mean, we have three kids and that was our first. So we were struggling to to have our first. And so funny when I look back, like I was raised where you don't talk about emotions. Therapy is not really a thing. Yeah. Um, Are you from Wheaton? I'm from near Peoria. Okay. Like, I grew up on a farm, so it's like in the middle of nowhere. But um, so I treated my 20s like a check the box activity list. Like, okay, got the husband, got the great career going. Okay, next logical step is kids. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because any time in our relationship that it would be like, oh, I, I'm not super happy. I'm not feeling connected to this relationship. It was always, okay, then we must be ready to move from Chicago to New York. Or, mm-hmm. oh, okay, maybe it's time for us to have kids. Like A it, lot of women do that. Yeah. And and it's truly, truly like you are distracting yourself with the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so we used fertility treatments and all of a sudden my whole world was around now this like pedestal of motherhood because I couldn't have the thing I wanted. So my whole world was revolved around that. And so any anything I was feeling outside of that in the relationship, it was now channeled into that. That was the end goal, which, you know, obviously wouldn't change anything about my story. Like my kids are amazing. Um, and then our second was a surprise. Like I didn't know I could get pregnant. So that was a surprise. And we were actually like headed towards divorce after my second and and then third. And so 
it kind of all happened so fast. Like I had three kids in the span of four years. Wow. Yeah. It all was just this whirlwind where I felt so out of control mm-hmm. of my life and my body and everything. And then I woke up and I was like, I need to go to therapy. Like I don't, I'm not in control of what's happening. So I went to therapy and I remember being like, I want a divorce. That was my first therapy session, first opening line, like never been to therapy. I was like, I want a divorce. And she was just like, Let, let's focus on you. Come, come, commit to coming to therapy for six months before you do anything. Because regardless of what you're going to do, you, we need to make sure that you're ready for it. And so I did. What happened was all the anger that I was feeling in my relationship turned into pride because I was doing everything myself. And rather than being angry about it, I started feeling like proud. She was like, if you're going to be on your own, you've got to be okay with that. And you got to be prepared for that. And that shift, that was the first time that I realized a shift in mindset and how powerful it can be. Literally, I was doing the same thing every single day. One was rooted in anger because of how I was looking at the situation. And then the other started to be rooted in pride and how strong I could be and how capable I was. And it was the exact same day-to-day situation. So that to me was like the power of framing your reality. And from that point on, I was like, okay, I can do this myself and I'm okay with that. And at the end of the day, like, I've talked to t- so many women about divorce and and it's hard and you know it is truly truly something that like you have to be prepared for but at the end of the day most women are like googling like if you find yourself googling like should I get a divorce right like that's like a sign right We've actually had someone else on the podcast say that <laughs> like you fo- <laughs> I forget who that was like they like literally for quizzes yeah like <laughs> one night in the middle of the night was yeah. like should I get a divorce dude yeah. that is so funny I wonder that I'll think about it <laughs> yeah you're like fi- trying to find yes. the like BuzzFeed quiz mm, of like yes. are we headed to divorce yes, like yes. yes or no yes. and in those moments my therapist said something really powerful she was like you're gonna make a decision And then the rest of the work is making that decision the right one for you, Mm. right? There's no guidebook to this life. And you have to just be confident in yourself and know you're making a decision with the data points you have at hand, with your feelings, your emotions, the work that you've done to process where those emotions are coming from. What, and like for me, filing for divorce was also like, it takes two to tango. Like I have my own stuff. What did I contribute? What were my triggers? Because you don't want to repeat that. You want to understand why it wasn't like a good relationship for you. And so I think making that decision and then saying, this is the decision I'm making. And now the rest of the work is just, how do I make this work for me? Mm -hmm. Like what's the work I now need to do to be understanding the difference between being alone and lonely? Like that's, that was a huge one for me because I was ready to just jump into like the world of dating and jump into the next relationship. I'm like, I need to sit with myself for a second, which is so uncomfortable for me. And, and so there was a lot of work that had to happen after that decision was made, but it was not about like, was it the right decision? How did you manage being a mom, but then also doing this for you? You know, I feel like... Mm -hmm. I feel like oftentimes there is kind of this default of like, 
okay, let me think what is best for my kids. And you kind of put yourself on the back burner. So how did you kind of differentiate between that during that period, especially? A hundred percent. I think the guilt around divorce, regardless, like I would get responses like marriage is hard. It's supposed to be hard. And I'm like, that's not the, that's not my truth. Like that is, I'm not happy. I, I've been working and I'm not happy. So that that's not a helpful response. Thank you. Um, but then the second one is you're breaking up your family, right? You're you're doing this to your kids. And and there was a lot of work in therapy around that, that guilt and, and shame of that and what I'm doing to my kids. But at the end of the day, Kids will thrive in a house where both parents are happy. And that was not the reality. And my depression and anxiety and stress was feeding into them more than I ever realized until, you know, fast forward to now, they get a very intentional present mom who is happy and, and, meeting their emotional needs because I met mine first because before I was just in a, you know, walking around with like a gray scale, you know, like a gray filter. I was not seeing life in in true colors. And so now I feel like I'm, I'm in the driver's seat of my life and I can be more present for them. And so I would much rather my kids have a 50% mom who is happy and healthy and taking care of herself than a hundred percent mom who is burning the flame at both ends. Mm -hmm. Did you have a conversation with them or what was that like? So my kids were really young. They were all under the age of four. So two of my kids don't remember us even being married. Mm. And so it'll be interesting to watch their reality as they grow up in Mm. this like very, and and fast forward, my ex and I are really good friends. We Mm. lived together in the pandemic. Mm. We are moving from New York to Miami as a modern family and supporting each other and new relationships and sharing what that's like. Like Mm. we were able to work through it for the kids to say like, let's just accept that we weren't, you know, in a good place and let's, let's make this work. Like we're Mm. a modern family now. Um, And so, so yeah, I think it's all about the kids bringing them in with what they can handle at the time Mm -hmm. and just also showing them that there's no one way to live this life. Like they see me, like they they saw me start House of Wise out of like our pandemic house in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it's so funny because they helped me build that company. Mm -hmm. And so now they think that the reality is having women in your house, packing boxes, like (laughs) shipping product out. Like I'm like, whatever you want to do, go do it. Mm -hmm. If you're not happy in a relationship, go find happiness. Like Mm -hmm. I want them to know that there's always new paths that you can go. There's no one way. Because I felt like growing up the way I did, that there was only one way to live a life. this, but one out of eight couples struggle with infertility. It's kind of staggering. Most people don't know and or aren't ready to talk about it. And the thing is, we really need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and for our future. Sometimes we can be so lost in the shame of it all that we forget to really take action 
and figure out our best options. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. I've been having fertility conversations with a lot of you in my DM, so I'm excited to talk about Modern Fertility. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home, major, major, with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get personalized results within six business days, okay? And you'll get insight into your hormone levels, like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than average for your age, and other important factors that can impact your fertility. Results really go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. Just to give you a sense, traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600. But Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30, you can get $30 off your test. Plus you can get reimbursed for the test through your FSA, HSA. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make that decision that's right for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30. This is limited time. So take advantage now. That means your test will cost $149, which is really, really great. Hormone testing at a fertility clinic, again, can cost three times as much. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30. That's modernfertility.com slash almost 30. You know, growing up religious and from a conservative place, do you do you feel like you both kind of had this understanding of like, your individual evolutions and that's why it kind of works where there's like a respect. How did you get to this place where you can have a really healthy modern family? Mm -hmm. It's rooted in a love for our kids. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's as transcendent as what you just said. It truly is the thing that came out of that marriage as the best thing is our three kids. Yeah. And they're so fucking cool. And we want to like make sure that we give them the best life that we can Mm -hmm. given the circumstances. Yeah. And then continuing on our own paths and whatever growth, like you can't want someone else's growth more than they do. And so that was like a big thing for me. And so I'm just focused on my own growth and being the best mom I can be and then letting him live his life. Beautiful. For a lot of women, I think that happens. You know, I'm reading Women Who Run With The Wolves and they talk a lot about in the mythos, in the mythos and stories that she tells, it's like, or in the mythos, if you pronounce it that way, but she talks a lot about how it's like women come into their power in their own, like in their 30s, 40s, and even 50s. And it's like this awakening that women have. And I do find that to be a trend with a lot of women that I know where it's like they're continuing to evolve or lean into their growth or lean into their expansion. And even in the conversation with Dr. Kate last night, I was like, you know, it's so interesting because when we have these conversations, we always talk about men and, you know, their ability to almost always orgasm and their ability to like enjoy sex and all of these things. It's like, but they don't have what we have, which are these community gatherings where we're being really honest about how we feel with things. And we're provided with educational information and we're provided with a safe space to explore and grow. And men don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, men don't have the ability to heal and grow in community like women have. And I think that's where it gets 
sad for me, you know, where mm-hmm. a lot of men, it's kind of like you leave them off where they yeah. are, like at their phase in time, because you can't want them to grow any more than they want to themselves. Yeah. Kate was talking last night about how that kind of internalized, like, not misogyny, what's the word? Like the men have to hide their emotions because they have to be those like hunters Mm -hmm. and that's what society expects of them. And so even if they are having those emotions, they're suppressing them and they're using sex as an outlet and not the healthier way, which is talking, processing, being around people in community. And so that siloed effect of like, no, 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 no. I'm strong enough. I can handle this. I've got this because I'm a man. Mm -hmm. And, and when she said that, I was like, all right, I don't want to like always feel, I don't want to feel sorry. I feel bad. But like, how sad. Like if I want to sit and cry with my best friend because something is hard or like Mm. I'm, I am feeling lonely or I'm struggling with something, you feel not alone Mm -hmm. and we can do that. And society has allowed us that freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's so many other headwinds being a woman, but like we can process those things. And for, well, for men too, it's like the only route I think shared in the media and through culture for men to feel intimacy is through sex. Yeah. You know, and women, we have intimacy with our girlfriends. We can do certain, you know what I mean? Like our intimacy opportunities are so great. And it's almost like because of that, we don't go the route of sex every time. Yeah. Which is like seemingly from my perspective, almost the healthier way. So it's sad because for a lot of men, they want to have sex more because it's the only way they feel intimate. Right. You know, it's like the only way they feel close. Well, it's funny because I, we do this growth work as women and then like you said, like you hit your 30s and you've done kind of a lot of the work. And so then all of a sudden sex becomes for pleasure mm-hmm. and fun and not that cr- crutch for emotional intimacy and into, you know, that mm-hmm. connection with someone. And that's why I think you ramp in your 30s because now you you view it as true pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I feel like there's this like... Um, axes of like women are on their prime in your 30s mm-hmm. and then men are kind of on the decline because they've probably been repressing all of those emotions mm-hmm. and sex served a very different purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting to think about kind of how it becomes how it becomes more of the fun and the pleasure as, as you get older where yeah. like I think we're taught at some point where it's like this is the most intimate connection. This is sacred. This is right. like And while that is beautiful and true, it also kind of like robs it of that like, oh, this can also be self-expression. This can be, this can be pleasure just for you. This can be a fun way to connect with someone, but we put so much pressure on it to be something. I wonder if there's a connection with also the way we've been raised, especially in a, you know, Christian household where sex is for procreation. And then now, at you know, I'm almost 36. Like I have kids, like I don't think about sex as that utilitarian purpose. Mm-hmm. And so there's now freedom in that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not searching for someone to procreate with. Mm-hmm. I am now like 
trying to understand my limits and boundaries and what actually is pleasurable to me. Mm-hmm. And that's so fun to me because there's the world out there and there are lots of things that are not for me. And there are a lot of things I'm like, oh, I'd be down to try that. Like mm-hmm. what is sex and what is pleasure and intimacy in this new context of there's not an end goal other than pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's been your experience in like being so free and talking about this and expressing yourself about this in the context of like being a founder and in this world, like has it ever felt like not accepted? It's funny because sex is a big part of who I am, what I talk about and and what I believe in and helping women feel like comfortable talking about it. And so I knew sex was going to be a product line for House of Wise. We have sleep, we have stress and we have sex. And when we were about to launch like the sex gummies, which was our first sex product, um, I, I started posting a little bit more on my Instagram that was around like this topic. One was like a boudoir shoot or something. And I got a ton of DMs being like, you're currently fundraising from venture capital firms. Are you crazy? I was like, first of all, no. This is authentic to who I am. And second of all, if that person saw my DMs of women being like, oh my God, thank you so much for posting something because we are multi-hyphenates. Like to show that you can be respected as a founder, post whatever you want, own your sexuality and be maternal. Like, it's so funny. If you look at my Instagram grid, it'll be like, sure, a bikini photo next to me at a petting zoo zoo with my kids with alpacas. Like, (laughs) we can do both, but we don't feel, or maybe we haven't seen as many role models lean into those different roles that we have. And the question last night was beautiful from that mom who she has a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And she was like, how do you get into the mood? Like, I'm in mom mode. And, and that I, idea of those transition periods where we have to transition from one role to another and how do you do that? But going back to your question of like VC funding and, and like having investors and being a founder, for me, everything in my life is surrounding myself with people who accept me and know that this authenticity that comes with leaning into each of those roles will alienate some people but those are not the people that I want in my corner. And the community that we're building of women leaning into all aspects of their lives and needing help in all aspects of their lives and understanding like how you transition between those different roles, though, like that community is so powerful and the investors that we have on board get it. They get that women need to connect on this kind of multi-hyphenate level. And so... Sure. Are there people that will not fund me because that? Sure. Maybe. I I mean, I've been told no. When you fundraise, like less than 3% of VC dollars go to women, even less go to moms, even less go to sex companies and sexual health and wellness companies. Like that wasn't even a VC category until three years ago. And, And the way VC works is like, if they can't market comp it, they're not going to invest in it because they don't know what the potential returns mm. are. Sexual health and wellness for women is a huge category. Like look at fucking Viagra. Like, but we're we're not allowed to have stuff for women because that's not how society works. And so now we actually have a VC category. We can actually build companies that have 
real returns. And so finding the investors, it's a lot harder. It makes the process a lot more arduous and and just painful, but you find them and then they're in your corners and they're all in. And so it's worth it. It's worth finding that community, those people that get it. Remember like five years ago, we had Polly Rodriguez on the podcast? Yes. Remember that? I think Unbound, right? Yes. I think they got funding. Mm-hmm. They were like one of the earlier sex, really? tech, tech, sex tech companies. Mm-hmm. And I remember that conversation and I, yeah, I like just remember thinking about that. I was like, wow, women in the space when it's like a male dominated space is why, like radical. It was such a weird mm-hmm. thing. You're like, why is that radical? Right. You know? When like men were creating like sex toys for women. Yes. For and like, yes. <laughs> right. And they were these like f- huge dildos. Right? Like, like, that looked like a phallic. penis. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, just like, mm, this uh, is not what I want in my bedside drawer. But so sure. why CBD? Yeah, so great question. So when, you know, I was leading marketing at The Knot, loved my job, had been in the wedding industry for 10 years, like managing a huge team, had my kids, was going through this divorce. I had so much anxiety, depression, et cetera. And I found myself every night putting the kids to bed. And then I would subconsciously, like a zombie, walk to the counter, pour myself the glass of wine, potentially two. And that was my wind down period. Mm -hmm. And that's how alcohol works, right? It does help bring you down. But what people don't realize is that sugar and the way it actually interacts with your body will give you a spike. It will not let you go into that deeper state of sleep. And so I I was like, I was not sleeping well. Now all of a sudden, because I was not sleeping well, my anxiety attacks were worse. Like there were days that I literally had to go from a courtroom to a boardroom, like to go pitch to our, our board of directors. And I'm like, this is not working. It just isn't. Alcohol now serves a very different function in my life. And I had never touched cannabis before because again, conservative upbringing, the stigma around cannabis and just like the like federal, if you look at it from like a lens of the, the like legalization, like it's so confusing of like, is it bad? Is it good? 40,000 people are still in jail for something that white men are now making billions Mm -hmm. of dollars on. Like, what the fuck? And so it's so confusing. And I literally only turned to cannabis out of desperation. Like, I was like, I need something to help me. CBD changed my life. Like, truly felt more in control. I was microdosing THC, using CBD. I would pop it before I would speak on air for something. And I started to slowly feel back like in the driver's seat of my anxiety. And there were no brands that like spoke to me. And also because the FDA won't oversee this, there were so many bad products on the market. Like I would wake up and have bloodshot eyes one day, or I would be groggy. And I'm like, I'm too high functioning. I've got too much important stuff on my plate to relinquish this to a brand that I don't trust. And you never knew because there was so much just like white labeled stuff. You had no clue who it came from, where it came from. And so like we have literally been on our farm in Denver 
played with the kids of the farmer who runs that farm and planted hemp seeds. Like I know exactly where it comes from. I've touched like 10 rows of the hemp because we've planted it as a team. And and we work with a team of chemists. They're all original formulas. But like, it was important for me, maybe this is my high need for control, but I was like, if I can't find a brand that's going to speak to me that I trust, I'm going to create it. Because there are so many women like me. And for for those that aren't really familiar with CBD and hemp, can we speak to just the the benefits, especially for women and a lot of women in our community are high functioning. They have Mm -hmm. a lot going on and why it's important, the sourcing of it. Yep. Because I know it's a little bit of a wild west. Yeah. So first let's talk like the biggest question we get is like, will I be high? Right. And so what's the difference between a hemp plant, marijuana plant? So when you think about a cannabis plant, um, as it grows, it has both THC and CBD. There's tons of cannabinoids. There's over like there's hundreds of cannabinoids in in a in the plant. And in the beginning, the plant has high CBD, low THC. That is a hemp plant. As you grow it and cultivate it, it becomes what the term is like the, it becomes hotter, meaning the THC count starts to go up and the CBD count starts to go down. And at that point it crosses this threshold where it is marijuana. The THC is the psychoactive. And so as the THC goes up, that's where the psychoactives kick in. And so if you don't harvest the plant at the right time, then it has higher THC counts, then you will get high. CBD is harvested when it's high CBD, low THC. Ours is full spectrum, which means that it has all the terpenes and the cannabinoids at the full plant. So we do have the less than 0.3% THC but that creates this thing called the entourage effect, which actually is like a fancy term for saying you feel all the effects. It helps with the body high. And so what does CBD do? Well, so it interacts. We did not know we had an ECS, an endocannabinoid system in our bodies. That was not discovered until 2009. And it works with basically almost like an adaptogen, meaning if you are over stimulated, it will help calm you down. If you are understimulated, it will help bring you back up. And so our bodies are miraculous in how they function and giving it something that can help interact with your ECS. We have a cannabinoid system in our body, an endocannabinoid system. And so working with the cannabinoids in the hemp plant, it helps regulate. And so the number one feature of CBD is promoting an overall sense of calm in your body. Like that is the first and foremost function. And that is why, you know, the foundation of all three, sleep, sex, stress for us starts with your head and getting out of your head and getting into your body. And so, so that's number one. And then the other thing is when you look at stress, stress and cortisol are intrinsically linked. When you are stressed, you're producing more cortisol, right? Because you have to be high functioning and that cortisol gives you that boost of that like energy and, and frenetic energy sometimes. But so our body in a natural state, you have high cortisol in the morning and that slowly starts to dip and you should be on this gradual low. And when your cortisol starts to dip, then at night your natural melatonin starts to kick in, right? When you're stressed, 
that cortisol is like spiking throughout the day and suppressing those other natural chemicals from from actually being produced. And so at night, if you've had a stressful day and you can't unwind, that's because your body has suppressed the ability to, to produce that melatonin. And so CBD helps to regulate your stress, regulate your cortisol levels so that your body can actually start doing the natural things that it should be doing. And so we created all of our formulas to ride that natural current of your body, which is why we put melatonin and CBD into our sleep gummy. Because if you're stressed, the CBD will first help you know, suppress that cortisol so you can actually you know, calm down. And then the melatonin helps kick in and... and help you get back on track for your natural cycles. Mm. Yeah, I um I took the sleep last night. I do the, I like the stress drops a lot. Dude, so, I swear sometimes I like think I'm having a psychedelic experience cuz I was like oh, no. No, in like the best way. I'm like it's like the only CBD I've ever taken that works, truly. Like I've tried a lot of different CBDs and I never really got it and I was like brushing my teeth looking in the mirror. I was like something's happening. Like it just, <laughs> every time it's like, some. I just think in my body, like something's happening and you it's always it. good. Like you just feel it. Like mm-hmm. anything that I take, I just feel. And I don't think that's happened a lot with anything I ever, I ever took. I don't know if it was the quality or whatever it was, but I do feel like that's what's hard for people is that the CBD industry is so vast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was such a push for it in the past two years. So I do feel like a lot of people have tried it and it hasn't been potent enough or worked. Do you find that in the space, it's like there's a lot of riffraff? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I feel like I picked the hardest industry to build a company in, but it's for that reason. Because there's so many products out there that are Mm. not working and they're like duping women to buying, like mm-hmm. spending all this money on stuff that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And and yes, I do think that we saw this huge spike after the farm bill was passed. Everybody was like, they call it the green rush, right? Like everyone was like, we can make money. Everyone wants CBD. And then everybody had like a bad experience. They're like, ah, this it didn't work for me, right? And so now we get to come in kind of like two years later and and really focus on women talking about their experience with our product. Like I said, we don't do paid ads. We're not about that. We're all about using community to to power commerce. And you see people have that guard up at first. They were like, I could buy this at freaking Walgreens. Like what what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And for us, it's about the function and making sure that like we have the active ingredients so that you feel, because CBD is a powerful carrier. Like it will heighten the sensation of anything you put pair with it. And so for sleep, for example, like you will feel it after mm-hmm. 30 minutes. Like you should not be in a position to drive whatever, but uh, it's about hearing somebody talk about it first that they're like, oh wait, maybe I should try this. Mm-hmm. And like with the sex gummy, like we were talking about last last night with the crew, but you take the gummy and within 30 minutes, you start to feel the the effects start to kick in. But it's when you take the gummy that all of a sudden you've given yourself permission to start to say, all right, I'm going to start to get out of my head and into my body. And I've now created this space to do that. Mm-hmm. And same with sleep. It's like, if I don't take my gummy 
I will be on TikTok scrolling because I'm like, what do I do? I'm in bed, kids are asleep, whatever. When I take the gummy, I'm like, I want to maximize this. Like this is now, I've made that intention to myself that sleep is important. I'm taking this for myself. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go take a bath. I'm going to do like a little, you know, face massage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I like, that's probably what you were feeling of like, you were allowing yourself to be out of your head and like, what am I feeling right now? And you're feeling your melatonin kick in. Mm-hmm. I think I always take too much of whatever it is too. <laughs> oh, God. I always just whatever the, <laughs> what did you, the other day, the, the, the other day the, some person was over and they brought us stuff. And I was like putting it in there like, oh, don't. And I was like, dude, I just triple everything that I do. And so I also think I take too much of everything, but I really just, (laughs) I really feel it, honestly. I've taken like three sex gummies before and that was like pretty wild. Yeah, Justin was happy. Justin was like, I feel like extreme presence and like being in your body can feel psychedelic. Yes. That's true. If you're, if we're like, go, go, go all the time. You know right. what I mean? It can feel kind of like, wow. Yeah, well, you that's feel true. Like those people that do those, I've always wanted to do those breathing exercises that like get breath you- Breathwork. Yeah. Like where you oh, get like- you never orgasmic. done breathwork? No. Oh, what? wow. I know. I, I, I Dude, need- that's very, very- I need to get into it. It's very on brand for you. Right. Yes. You can do like, yeah. people are, say that they can orgasm. Kate was saying you can orgasm just mm-hmm. from breathwork last night. I was like- Yeah, that was one of the orgasms. There's- right. Clitoral, clitoral, anal, G-spot, blended, nipplegasm, nipplegasm, and then blended. other erogenous zones. Erogenous. Like, I think you can have like an ear, like yeah. an ear orgasm. Really? An eargasm. Well, I was just, I was surprised. Well, I was surprised to hear kind of that they can, I don't know why I'm surprised, but like that they can work together. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, because I think we think of like that what? an external clitoral orgasm is separate from like, a G spot like orgasm, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, from as a person who faked her orgasm for years and years and years, mm. to to now be experiencing and an understanding like, kind of like the nuanced feeling of mm-hmm. it all, yeah. And how like the clitoral, what she was explaining last night was that the nerves of the clitoris like actually extend around. Mm-hmm like around the labia or like yeah. around like yep. the inner part of the vagina. And I was like, oh, that kind of make, it just like made sense to me yeah. and the sensation. So the science and the explanation actually kind of help with like being in the moment yeah. and with it rather than being so in my head around like, oh, I, I only need external right now. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this can all be really beautifully working together. Yeah. Well, a core component of that is just exploration, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. Like, I feel like sex sometimes gets into this like programmed state where mm-hmm. it's like, I know what works to reach a climax. So let's do the dance. I know exactly what steps to get me to the end. And what's freeing is the more you start to explore and even just like hearing, oh, I can have other orgasms. And you're, you get curious. Like the step one is just being like curious about mm-hmm. it. And then allowing yourself with or without a partner to say like, I want to explore this and and just voicing that and saying, I'm kind of curious about this thing. I don't know if I would like it, but like, can I explore this and see if this is, you know, like the girl was like, I had never had an anal orgasm until this one time. And she was like, and I was like, what happened? (laughs) So allowing yourself to explore Mm. those things with the intention of, 
I may or may not orgasm, mm-hmm. but I need to like see how it feels mm-hmm. because I don't know. And then getting used to that, what that new sensation is. Yeah, I think it's just like beautiful to just be curious without mm-hmm. the goal of orgasm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the mm-hmm. pressure, the yeah. pressure. Yeah, too. Yeah, I feel like CBD has been just simply great for bringing us out of our heads mm-hmm. yeah. in those moments, <laughs> you know? Which is so and hard. Yeah, Dr. Kate was like, I was looking at her, I'm like, dude, from like an energetic perspective, I'm like, that's like my thing since I was little is seeing people's souls hovering over their bodies when they like were never embodied. This woman, every fucking bit of her soul mm-hmm. was in her body to her yeah. to her fucking big toe. Mm-hmm. She was fully in her body. And I was like, damn, that is so powerful. And it was like, you trust people like that because yes. you're like, I trust you because you are deciding with your soul and your body. Both mm-hmm. are here and they are deciding and talking. Like she would just say stuff and you're like, yeah, I totally trust you because both have decided that that's what you're going to say and that's true, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's so interesting with someone like that, like she's so beautiful and she's like, yeah, she's just like out of this world. And I was even thinking, I'm like, man, a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to like be with you. Like in Mm. a way that felt like I was like in awe of who you are. You know what I mean? Because someone like that, that's that embodied and powerful and sex positive, isn't digestible for someone that's not yes. fully mm-hmm. able to receive it. Yeah. It's like you are now, it can be in a place of like awe and respect totally. versus intimidation. Oh, I'm like, I want to learn. Exactly. It's intoxicating. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're around people like that, you're like, <clears throat> I'm going to watch what you're doing because I want to not steal their essence, but you're like, I'm seeing this thing about you that I admire and I respect. And I'm like, I want to try that on. (sighs) Mm -hmm. What do you think blocks us? Because I think in my 20s, women, powerful women were intimidating in a way that I would shut down. And our immediate reaction is to like, be like, well, maybe they're not so perfect. Like, Mm. like you first like kind of go into that mode. And it's like, in my 30s, I just like meet people and I just am like, I just fall in love mm-hmm. with who they are and want to just be in their orbit. Mm-hmm. And I I don't jump to like, what does their embodiment, like I love that word. What does that mean for mine? Mm-hmm. Like I no longer think in that juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. just see people as individuals that have nothing to do with your growth, your path, your success, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. But why does it take us so long? Like I could not, I agree with you. Like I think if I would have met Kate years ago, I would have just like been in the corner and been like, mm-hmm. you're cool. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. talk to you. Like. Yeah, I always found it's interesting because in my life, I always actually found I would find the most powerful woman and and actually be friends with them because I felt safest with them. Mm. And so I think it's like a thing growing up too, where you could be like, this scares me. You scare me in your power or like, and this isn't better or worse. Like I've definitely had times where I've been like, you're scary and I'm, you're too much for me, but I would always find them and just be, it's safer with Mm. the most powerful woman in the room actually. Like, and that's what I always felt. And so, but I think for me with her, it was that the sex, someone Mm. being so fucking able to be free and talk about sex. And, you know, in that way, I wouldn't have been able to be like, I'd be like, oh, what what, what were we talking about last night? Were you in that circle? 
Oh, mm. yes. Our friend Sheila was talking about this man that does vagina massages. <laughs> I walked up. I'm like, do you kiss first? <laughs> like, I just, I was like five. I'm like, do you guys kiss before you do it? Like, so I think there's so many different layers to that. Wait, I, I feel like I need to ask more questions. Oh, about the vagina massage? Yeah. Dr. Sheila. Call Dr. Sheila. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Sheila knows a man that does vagina massages. For the purpose of orgasm? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. So where did I hear this? Where he was on a podcast where this man could make a woman squirt. Like literally he knew what buttons to push and how to get her into those positions to make that happen. And so he he did it for um, multiple people, people. And like they would tell their friends and be like, because like Kate was saying, like only 50% of women can, mm-hmm. but 50% of women can. Mm-hmm. And so he would, people would tell their friends and be like, go see if you can. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to feel real safe with him. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) But I think to your point of just, you know, why in our 30s or as we get older, like we feel just more comfortable to like receive the power of another person. I just think like if I'm thinking about myself, it's like I just got to know myself so much better over the years. And I like, I had less of that judgmental voice in my head, Mm -hmm. you know, where... I respected myself and therefore like I respected other people's power and yeah. light and understood that if I was in reverence to that and really like present to that in someone else, it has the power to inspire me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So I think yes. that's, you nailed it. Like it's the self-talk and, it's, and how you feel. Your relationship yeah. with yourself is where it all like starts. And I think in our 20s, we don't necessarily have the capacity to sit with that feeling, or at least yes. I didn't. I didn't. So that's a broad statement, but I feel like that's that's kind of a, a thing where we're like to sit with this feeling of like, wow, Amanda is so powerful. Like it's actually making me feel a little insecure, and I kind of don't want to be around her. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at that phase you're like something's wrong with like in that phase when you're younger you're like something's wrong with her. She right. think, you know, that's mm-hmm. the classic. Can't my, be me. Yeah. My favorite. Right. Oh, she thinks she's so cool. She thinks she's too good. Right. That whole thing. And it's like, part of that step actually is the being like, what is this showing? You know, that's the, what's this mm-hmm. showing me about me? Mm-hmm. But I feel like so much of your early 20s and even in your teens is like, I mean, fucking high school. Yes. You're like, oh, It's just she, an extension of yeah, high school Yeah, you're like, oh, she, it's always them. Yeah. You know, and as you get older, you're like, what is this about me? And then as you get older, you're like, wow, I am me and they are them. And that is cool. Yeah. You know, I think that's what's cool about getting older. But as like a female founder and in the VC space, I'm sure you have a lot of people to compare yourself to. A lot of people get funded, you know, like every day you're getting news of all of these successes and all of these crazy things. What's your process for that? Do you look at the news? Do you look at other funding information? Like, how do you keep yourself excited about what you're doing, not comparing and focused? Yeah, that is the biggest struggle. Like you definitely are saying to yourself, we should be going faster. And then your investors are saying, go faster. Because obviously the name of the game is return on that investment, right? What helps me is knowing that we're creating meaningful connections And that takes time. And we are not doing the traditional 
D to C route. Like we are not throwing millions of dollars into paid ads. And so understanding that your own journey is your own journey, accepting growth when it comes, but also just feeling a lot of conviction. Like I, this is my second startup. The first one failed for a variety of reasons. This one, I feel so karmatically aligned to be doing that the trust I have in myself and my decisions and even the trust I have in my failures, when I make a choice that turns out to be the you know, not the right one, whether it's like picking a software solution or picking, you know, a team member or whatever it is, I trust that I know how to handle those situations. And so, yes, do I look around to say, what are they doing? How did they raise that? But they don't have what we have, which is a powerful community, women who are connecting, women who are truly, truly seeking out these products because of the content that we're producing or whatever. And so everybody is on their own journey. And to me, rising tide lifts all ships in the cannabis industry, in the sexual health and wellness industry. I am friends with a lot of CBD founders because we have to share like, hey, did you know that you had to buy a license in New York to now have sell hemp products? Like we're constantly helping each other. And so I I kind of Coopetition, like it's like you're you're cooperating, but your competitors, mm-hmm. like you kind of have to take that mentality and know that their success doesn't make mine any less likely. Mm-hmm. In fact, it truly does. Like more heat to a space is good. Mm-hmm. And so you 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 it, it's it kind of goes back to that like really your inner self talk of like, you've got this, you trust yourself. And trust the process because it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Like we're seven months old and I'm like, we're only seven months old. This is crazy. And I have to ha- check myself in those moments when I'm really, really... what. So a tactical exercise I do. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but like go back into your inbox and search like two months ago or three months ago and look at the emails you were sending. Go into your sent drive. And you're like that was two months ago. Like that feels like forever ago. I was just moving our stuff into a warehouse three months ago. Like what? Mm-hmm. And, and so that is like, I have these things, these little tick tricks that are like reality reminders. Like this is the reality. There's a narrative in my head of what I should be doing. And then there's the reality of what I am doing. Mm-hmm. And I try not to conflate those two. Mm. Coopetition. I like that. I like, and I think it applies. You know, I yeah. think that's what we were talking about, where like we see and respect others who we mm-hmm. admire and maybe are doing similar things. I feel like that is our life in a sense. Yeah. You know, we are friends with a lot of podcasters, we are friends mm-hmm. with a lot exactly. of people in this health, wellness, spirituality space. But um, I think one of the reasons why we've been successful and they've been successful is that collaboration yeah. and mm-hmm. just kind of like seeing each other's light and the uniqueness of one another and being able to put up mm-hmm. one another's uniqueness. Yep. And yeah, there's there's literally very, very infrequently a thought of like, does that take away from what we do? Right. Yeah. You know, there's just the abundance is like yeah. exactly insane. abundance mindset versus zero sum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, you said earlier, and I was thinking about this, is um the going first. I think mm-hmm. is good too. And I think that's what I t- try to do. If I feel a sense of like, 
oh, I'm feeling like a little competitive with that person. Like, it's almost like I want to cut the energy and just support or see how I can help and almost just like make it, although subconsciously, I'm like, I feel competitive. I'll make a conscious decision to like go against my subconscious Mm -hmm. and like support them in some way or figure out a way to like do something with them so that it's like the energy no longer is there. And it's like whatever competitive energy I potentially felt does not exist because in this conscious experience, like we're supporting one another in some way. And it's not fake, but it's like, oh, this is no longer. That thought is no longer. And I think you mentioned earlier about going first. And I think that's so important for leaders and founders and people that want more from their life, women that want more from their life is really the choice to like always go first, like be the person that's going to initiate and move forward with whatever it is that you want. Yeah. And you have to be okay with losing some relationships Mm -hmm. along the way because there came a point where I felt like a zoo animal in some some friend circles and that taught... that's very relatable. Yeah, and and it's the difference between spectator sport or true connection and, and doing life with me. And doing life with me is we are connecting, we are sharing together. There's a, a vulnerability and support. Zoo animal spectator sport is I'm here for the stories and then I go off and talk about them later. Mm-hmm. And those are very different things. And I think as women, the more you put yourself out there and whatever you're sharing, whether it's your sexual self, your maternal self, becoming more aware of other people's intentions because not everybody is is as in touch with their subconscious to understand when they need to go against it and why they're being triggered by those Mm -hmm. things and why they can't lean into that. If you're curious about something, why are you curious about it? And so that has been the, one of the harder learning curves for me as I put myself out there even more is finding people who truly, truly are curious because they're curious for their own growth versus curious for sport. Mm. Very relatable. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I, I think that's what creates a lot of the loneliness Yeah, in in what you do, what we do, because it feels, and I feel like I've had to just kind of think about this recently where it feels like there is a projection that you, Amanda, are so busy. You are building a company and right. it's this glamorous, amazing thing. And you don't necessarily have time right. for just real authentic connection with people that potentially you really care about and they care about you. And mm-hmm. so there's this distance that's created. Right. They start to retract themselves. Yeah. And then it's and then it becomes lonely for you, but then it also becomes confusing because like it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Sure. So it's just something to think about. And I, it's just forced me to be more communicative, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's like, uh, I don't want to be the one to go first and talk about it. But like mm-hmm. it requires, you know, if those relationships mean a lot to you, it's like, what do you, what do you need in this yeah. relationship? And what would you like to see and experience more of or less of? And it's a lot of expectation management mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I am a horrible texter. I am a horrible phone talker. And it's not that I don't want to communicate with my friends. It's that I'm drained in other ways. And so 
I it's having that really frank conversation of mm-hmm. saying, I'm in a season of life right now where at the end of the day, I turn my phone off. I, I need to like really unplug and recharge or I need to be with my kids. And how can we still meet the needs of our relationship given that boundary that I need to set for my mental health? There are always other solutions for something. It's like, okay, we're going to put on brunch once a month and that's going to be our catch up time. And it's okay if we don't, you know, text, if you need me, here's what to do. But like, I find that in both professional and personal situations, it's like professional, we have a very autonomous, we're very async as a work culture. We're a four day work week. We have a lot of, you know, moms and women. I mean, we're a fully female team. And for us, it's about expectation management. Like you don't need to be online all day, but what's the expectation if I need you? Like, how do I reach you? And do your work in your own time, but like what's expectation of like, when can we have meetings and all those things? When you lay all that groundwork, then there's less room for this like internal dialogue that you're having or projection of what the other person's thinking, feeling, or doing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that in the absence of, information, people create their own. And so you have to fill that with the true information so people can respond to it. Were you ever, was it ever hard to let go of relationships? 100%. Yeah. Because it's part, like you, you wrap your identity in some of those relationships, right? Like college friends, you're like, wait, is that, that's my college self. There's parts of my college self that I still identify with. And then, you know, work relationships. But I think as you get older, you identify that there are different seasons for different people and and functions in even like romantic relationships. Like you can be thankful and grateful that that relationship happened, but also know that it's no longer serving you. And, and just like going with a heart of gratitude for like friendships as well. I remember I lost this friend when I, I lost a few friends when you have kids, when you go from that transition from, be not being a mom to being a mom is is real. And similarly, I think it's that approach of like, oh, I don't want to bother her. She's mm-hmm. so busy. She now is a mom. Like that, that's like crazy. And then when in reality, you're like, you distanced yourself from me. Like, what? I needed friends. I'm so alone. But also realizing that that's okay. Like you're going to now go into this new season because the things you're talking about in your head are so different than what Mm -hmm. they're thinking about. And and some relationships obviously last through that, but some don't and that's okay. Um, And I think you just have to be grateful for what those relationships were in that time of your life. Mm -hmm. Reason and a season, baby. Yeah. There's a reason for the season. (laughs) There's a reason for every season. This has been powerful. Yeah, (laughs) I completely agree. It's been so powerful. We're so excited to partner with you guys and work with you. It feels just great. You know, it just feels, it's it's interesting because when we put out our intentions and they come back quickly, it's really just such a reminder for us. So I would love to share with our audience just what you're excited about coming up for House of Wives. Yeah, so many things. I mean, we just closed our seed round, which I'm so thankful you guys are a part of and mm-hmm. building this with us. And now it's time to get the word out. Like the first year was really just, 
like building the foundation of the house. Like we 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 do a lot of house analogies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, our team is called the Roomies. Wow. Yeah. Cute. And when someone starts, they move into the house and they have to tell us what they want in the pantry. Like the whole thing. <laughs> I, love that. I love a theme. I love it just it goes on. Branding. You know. um, I love it. But no, so we're super excited about launching. We have three new products coming out. So like, I'll give a sneak peek. We have our sex serum launching uh, in a few weeks. And that will be, it's a great compliment to the sex gummy and just expanding our product lines and then building our team and just growing and getting the word out there. Because when people try it, they like it. They love it. They, you know, we have women who are like, I've never had an orgasm before. Mm-hmm. They're they're able to relax. And so hearing that it's helping women, I'm just like, how do I get it in more hands? And so that's kind of just growth stage now. So exciting. Yeah. And just as a last, just articulating the mission because I think it's so yeah. powerful and unique, especially for a CBD and sex wellness brand. Yeah, so we say that House of Wise is empowering women to take control of their sleep, sex, stress, and wealth. The wealth piece is really interesting because I've said it a few times, we, we're we not a traditional D2C company. We don't pour money into social ads, Facebook, Google, whatever. And the way that we grow is through affiliates. And people immediately are like, are you an MLM? And like, absolutely not. Like MLMs are like about recruiting and grossness. And it's truly like, if you look at how an MLM makes money, they make money off of the people having to buy the product Mm -hmm. to sell it. We don't do that. Like it's just affiliates. Like if you like the product, it helps you. It makes you feel better. You tell your friends and then yeah, you can make some money. And then we use that kind of discretionary income. We're not saying quit your job and do this full time. It's truly about like spreading the word about the products and the mission and the community and the events that we do, et cetera. But we also do education around financial health and wellness. As someone who grew up first-generation college grad, I, I grew up pretty poor and savings and investments, that was never talked about. And so I was part of the, you know, over, I think it's around, I want to say like 40% of cis women in heteronormative relationships relinquish financial control to their partners. And I was part of that. And so when I got divorced, I woke up and I was like, I don't even know the first thing about an IRA, crypto, all of these things that I have had to now self-teach. And so we use that kind of this model, this distribution strategy as an e-commerce brand, right? As a gateway into financial health and wellness as well. And so we've led, you know, like we do like, what the fuck is Bitcoin? Like <laughs> talks to say like, hey, here's how to open a wallet. Here's what that means. What do, What is a crypto wallet? And we go deep in that. And so everything that we touch is around putting women in the driver's seat of their lives. Proud to be a part of it. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank this you has guys. been such a mm-hmm. pleasure and a joy. You guys can get $20 off at House of Wise with code ALMOST30. Sex gummies are my favorite. And then the stress drops are my favorite. Mm-hmm. I also love the sex gummies. Um, and I love the sleep, mm-hmm. sleep drops. So good. I just got some from my dad. Oh, good. Mm. My dad was like, uh, can I get more of that CBD? And he is like <laughs> sweet tooth on a million. So it's like the gummies only. Oh my God. The gummies, <laughs> gummies are so good. Only. So fun fact, our gummies, our head chef was like Madonna's personal chef for a little bit. Oh, wow. So they taste so good. Yes, yes they do. She is amazing. They're bomb. And they they're do. big. 
I oh, know. Yeah. I no, like it's them because they're pee. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this is like a few bites. It's like it's not just like popping. You're like no, it's, it's not like, like a, a vitamin. Gummy. It's a full no, snack. It's a snack. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was the best. <laughs> All right, guys, we love you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Amanda. That was so much fun. You guys can go to houseofwise.co. That's houseofwise.co and use code almost30 and get $20 off your order. Yeah. Excited for you guys to try House of Wise. Thank you to our other sponsors of this episode. Of course, House of Wise is a sponsor as well as Drops, HumNutritionMonday.com, Made In, and True Bill. We love, use, and vet our sponsors for you. So you can find the discount codes in the show notes as well as on almost30.com. We love you guys and we'll see you next time.